Welcome back to Family Feud. The Smiths have been battling it out with the Carters for $20,000 in prize money, and so far, it's been neck and neck. Just before the break, the Smiths won the right to the next round, so let's see how they're going to do, shall we? Okay, guys. Name a characteristic that describes the least happiest person in America. I'm going to start with Mrs. Smith. Hi, Mom. Hi. Okay, so do you have an answer for us? Well, I was thinking about this one, and I like buying all kinds of nice, fancy things, so I'm going to guess poor. Poor. Oh, that's a good guess. Is poor on the board? Ooh. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Well... Unfortunately, that's her first strike. <laughs> Moving down the line to Dad. Hi, Dad. Hi. What's your guess? Well, I just love my wife so much, I can't imagine my life without her, so I'm gonna guess single. Well played, my man. Well played. <laughs> Tell me, do we have single on the board? Ooh. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's your second strike. Okay, time to ask Aunt Suzanne. It all comes down to you, my friend. How would you describe the most unhappy person in America? <sighs> my husband and I have been trying to have a baby for years. It's been really hard, so I'm gonna say childless. Is childless on the board? Unfortunately, that's your third strike. Answers we would have accepted were male, late 30s to early 40s, successful. Pardon me? It doesn't make any sense. That's right. Statistically speaking, the least happy people in North America make $150,000 to $200,000 a year and typically work in senior management positions. Other answers we would have accepted were married and one child. Wow, you weren't even close. Well, at least you tried, right? If it makes you feel any better, there are other families who have done so, so, so much worse. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. La, 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 Hello, and welcome to a follow-up episode of Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. This week, we're not only admitting that everything's shit, we're talking about it. Last week's episode was heavy, right? Well, the way I work is I try to balance out the content that I share, so if it's serious one week, I try to make an episode fun, the one after that, and if it's been silly for a couple of episodes, I'll make the next one sexy or something like that. So after last week's super emotional fiasco, I felt the need to have to do something, I don't know, light, fun, playful, but the truth is I'm not feeling light, fun, and playful yet. I hate to say this, but things are still shitty for me. As someone who's always positive, it feels really weird admitting that, but it's actually something I've had to ask myself, why am I having such a hard time sharing that I'm struggling right now? I think it's because I identify as being a strong, resilient, and unstoppable woman. So since it's literally my worst nightmare to be seen as weak or unable to handle myself, I'm sure you'd understand why I hesitated before sharing a recording of myself having an absolute meltdown on the floor of my condo last week. But I did it in the name of keeping it real and hoped for the best. Based on the DMs, it was clear. I'm not the only one struggling right now. This may have been the most feedback that I've received from any episode ever. A record number of women and men reached out to thank me for being honest with what I was going through, and so many shared with me their reasons for their meltdowns. I read 
numerous gut-wrenching personal stories about infertility issues, abusive partners, drug-addicted family members, uncertainty with the future, money, trouble, weight gain, the list goes on and on and on. A few people mentioned that I was the only person that they'd ever told. And eventually I found myself asking, why is it that so many of us struggle in silence? Why are we so afraid to say out loud, hey, I'm not okay. After giving it considerable thought, I came to the conclusion that it's likely because in the past, rather than being able to share genuine human emotions and gain unconditional support, some of us have shared how we felt and found our feelings dismissed, ignored, or outright invalidated by well-meaning friends trying to help. I'm going to explain more about that later. Since it seemed that this topic resonated with so many people, I decided that instead of changing channels right away, we're going to sit here for a minute and marinate in this shit. Let's Let's talk talk about about it. it. This week, we're doing a deep dive on what to do when you're going through a hard time. Why sometimes one of the worst things you can do is look on the bright side or count your blessings or have positive vibes. Do you know where I'm going with this? That's right. Today, we're talking toxic positivity. I'm going to explain how I ended up pretty much addicted to that mindset and how to tell if you're subscribing to the same mentality and what we can both do to move as far away from the fake and dive deeper into authenticity, therefore giving us a much better chance at healing. This This is is a big one. one. Today, we're getting ugly. So put that greasy hair in a messy bun, put on your grubbiest sweatpants and get ready to cry like a baby because chances are that's That's what what you you really need. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses and laughing at ourselves along the way. (laughs) Now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. I will never forget the day I got my driver's license. That day, I was over the moon. Finally, I could have the independence that I'd been craving. This was it. (laughs) As the countdown was happening, my parents said they didn't think I needed a car right away because they didn't want me just being the chauffeur to all my friends. Well, my overdramatic 16-year-old brain was afraid that that meant that I was going to be 30 before I'd ever go anywhere alone. But luckily for me, I also had a seven-year-old brother who needed rides to soccer practice and there were groceries that needed to be picked up. So I guess at some point my parents saw that me having wheels could also be beneficial to them. (laughs) After proving I was safe and confident to be on the roads, my parents presented me with the proposal of a lifetime. I could drive one of their cars as long as we put it in my name and I paid for the insurance and gas myself. Looking back now, I know that this car was a dumpy death trap, but in my eyes at the time, this may as well have been a custom Cadillac. I could not believe it. Somebody pinch me. When did my parents get so cool? Then came the day we were going to be signing over the insurance papers. I woke up with an excitement I can't even describe. It felt like my life was finally just about to start. I got dressed in my most mature looking outfit. I did my hair and I'm sure I patted a Donald Trump shade of CoverGirl foundation on my face with a dirty latex sponge, then globbed on an ungodly amount of mascara, added some white eyeliner, put concealer on my lips, cue the slow motion walking sequence. I was ready to win. We made our way to the insurance place and I sat face to face with the insurance woman that was the only thing standing between me and the freedom that I'd been craving so desperately. 
We discussed the options, numbers, things I didn't understand. Then when it came time to sign my name, the insurance broker used her pen to point as she said. So right here, you can see that $157 is going to be coming out of your account on the 10th day of every month. I blinked. I'd never had a bill scheduled to come out of my bank account before. Ugh. I thought about it for a second, but in that moment, I was so focused to get the car that I signed without hesitation. Then we chose our license plate, thanked the lady, and made our way home. My mom looked over me as she drove and asked, So, are you happy? I said, yeah, are you kidding me? (laughs) We pulled into the driveway where my chariot was waiting. My mom said, all right, all you have to do now is put the license plate on the car and she's all yours. I gulped. My dad came outside and brought the screwdriver that I needed. Again, my mom asked, are you happy? I said, yeah, I'm happy. I took the plate to the back of the car and started to remove the old one. Then I carefully placed the new one in position and started to twist the screws in. That's when the world started moving in slow motion. Wait, I have to have $157 in my bank account every month? At the time, that felt like a million dollars. I barely worked. I mean, sure, I worked in retail a couple of hours a week and I babysat now and then, but what happened if they tried to take the money out and it wasn't there? Wait, do they take the car away? Oh my gosh, this was all just so much responsibility. And I guess the concern was showing on my face at exactly the wrong time because my mom had just come over to watch what I was doing and then asked, What's wrong? I said, uh, nothing. She said, Well, you don't seem happy. I said, I am. I'm just a little bit nervous about the cost of the insurance. Her expression changed. Oh, so you're not thankful? Wait, what? That wasn't what I'd said at all. But I guess my mom thought that if I was actually excited or thankful, then I wouldn't have cared about the cost. In our family, my parents worked really hard for everything we had. So being thankful was everything. That's when she said something I'll never forget. Wow. I can't believe it. Here you are getting a free car to drive and you're being so ungrateful. You know what? Maybe you'll appreciate it more if you have to wait another three months. What? Yeah, you know what? Forget it. I'm canceling your insurance. You can wait another three months and then we'll see how grateful you are. My head was spinning. I couldn't believe it. I was grateful. I was happy, excited, elated even. But I was also stressed. Couldn't I be stressed and thankful at the same time? Yes, we can. We do have the capacity to experience multiple emotions simultaneously. Two things can both be true at the same time. Like, I love my job. I'm grateful for my job, but it's also burning me out. I love my husband. He's great, but he's also driving me crazy. I'm grateful for the life I have, but I still don't feel like getting out of bed right now. I'm successful, but I'm also not happy at the moment. I moved into adulthood with that exact same energy. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you happy? In fact, I've been living a life of toxic positivity and I actually never even realized it until I started Big Lush Energy. As you know, if you listened to my first episode, I came out the gates talking about some really hard stuff. I was basically going over the low lights or the hardest parts of my life. I wrote the script and of course it was a really big challenge considering I was talking about the hardest things ever with no experience on the microphone. 
So I went through the script. I finally made it all the way to the end and I sent the recording to a friend of mine to ask what his opinion was. He gave it a listen and the feedback was not exactly what I was hoping for. Basically, what he said was I had this horrible habit of doing something that he called the yucca yucca, which meant that whenever I would talk about something really heavy or really hard, I had this bad habit of making a joke immediately after or saying something like, but don't worry, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> and he asked me why the hell I was doing that. He said, you're not giving the listener any opportunity to feel the things that you were going through at the time. I thought about it and realized that's because I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me. I wanted them to know that I was going to be all right. And now that I look back at it with a little bit more time and distance and experience, I realized that I was probably trying to avoid feeling the things I was talking about too. If I could laugh it off or make a joke or say that everything happens for a reason, then I didn't have to feel how I was feeling at the time, which was really heavy and hard. He said it was the equivalent to watching a war movie where your hero gets shot down and he's laying on the ground bleeding out and the producer arranges for a clown to come and dance all around him so that you don't feel sad. You're super distracted by the real feelings that you should be feeling. That is toxic positivity. He said, if you don't let your listeners hear how far you've come, if you don't let them really feel how you were feeling in the moment, then they're not going to be able to celebrate how big of a win your wins are later. And he was right. So then when I went back to recording, what I would do is I would put on a song that I listened to at the time, or I would put on a song that made me feel the same feelings that I felt when I was going through my struggles. And I would sit at the microphone with a candle by my side in the dark, and I let myself feel everything. everything. What happened when I did that was the listeners felt what I was feeling. What I went through resonated with people, and they connected to me. And then they reached out to me to say that they'd been through the same things. I wouldn't have had anywhere near that kind of a response if I just sat on the microphone doing the yucka yucka. That's the benefit of being real with how we're feeling. We're able to connect to the people around us and we're able to connect to our own feelings as well. We live in a very good vibes only culture. By looking happy, people assume you're successful. If you're struggling, you look like you're failing. So whatever you do, don't tell the truth of what it's like to be alive. When we're going through a hard time, friends and family say all kinds of things to try and fix our problems. Like, it's all for a reason, or count your blessings, or focus on what you're thankful for. It may seem brutal to label well-intentioned comments as toxic, but the truth is that diminishing negative emotions with false reassurances rather than empathy can have a harmful impact on mental health and relationships. Those things can all be helpful in the long term, but that doesn't change how you're feeling in the short term. Now, instead of just trying to hype somebody up and tell them to focus on the good, the advice that I give is to go have a long cry in the shower, or I'm here to listen if you want to rant, or why not give yourself a night to just feel all your feelings and then pick it all back up the next day. We can't identify as an emotion because emotions change all the time. In other words, I'm not happy I'm human and I'm having a human experience. The human experience involves all kinds of emotions and not all of them are positive. 
When you push everything down and constantly tell yourself you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're lying to yourself and the healing will not begin until you've properly addressed how you actually feel. Yes, you've heard me say things like there's a reason for everything because I believe that there really is a reason for everything, but that doesn't change the fact that right now you want to scream, cry, throw things, turn down the blinds and take a break from life. And that's okay. Okay. Toxic positivity is a coping mechanism. There are things we tell ourselves in order to make it through the hardest parts in life, like I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. Then something catches us off guard. We find ourselves sad or crying, and it's like there's a glitch in the matrix. Like, wait, I'm supposed to be strong. Strong people don't cry. Or there are some people who struggle through life and tell themselves, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. And then when something genuinely causes pain and they're sad for a valid reason. It feels like the rug has been pulled from underneath you. You are positive. You are optimistic. You're a glass is half full kind of person, but to identify as an emotion is dangerous because emotions change all the time. You aren't happy again. You're human and the human experience comes with all kinds of emotions. I see it all the time with new moms, for example. Having a baby is supposed to be one of life's biggest blessings, a magical moment, a dream come true. However, it's also one of the hardest things you're ever going to do. The sleepless nights, the crying fits, the poopy diapers, expectations from your family, trying to keep up with the perfect lives you see on social media when influencers make it look like their baby's shit glitter and you're in your home disheveled, confused, afraid of the responsibility and then a voice sneaks into your head and asks, so you don't appreciate this blessing? The miracle of life? You're not thankful? You can be both. I've never wanted to admit when I've struggled with my job out of fear that it would look like I didn't appreciate it. But we can experience multiple emotions simultaneously. Two things can both be true. Give yourself permission to cry, to admit that things are hard, to admit that you're struggling. As soon as you do that, a wall comes down and someone else will feel comfortable sharing their struggles with you. One thing about when you open up your heart and share is that the people around you feel comfortable to do the same. That's why I couldn't believe how people were reacting to last week's episode, sharing what they were struggling with because we're all so used to holding everything inside. Actually, this reminds me of a time when I was really struggling in my personal life. I'd just gone through a breakup and a miscarriage, but I was trying to hold it together for my clients, just putting one foot in front of the other, painting on a smile. One day, I put my makeup on and walked myself over to the office that I used to work out of. I had a bridal trial that I was going to do, and I figured that I had just enough energy to make it through those three hours, and then I'd go back to my bed and cry. I had my whole makeup station set up, and as I waited for her arrival, I took a deep breath. I can do this. Once my bride showed up, it was clear that she was a little bit rattled, and I asked the quintessential, how's your day going? And she said, actually, it's been terrible. Her honesty caught me off guard and it almost gave me permission to unpuff my chest and it felt so great to admit, you know what, me too. Even though we'd only just met, she said, how about I tell you the shit that I'm going through and then you tell me yours. I said, deal, I'm here for it. She proceeded to go through a laundry list of ways that her family had disappointed her during her wedding plans, how she felt like she was trying to do it all herself and all kinds of past traumas that were coming to the surface because of having to have certain people together for her wedding and I empathized as I curled her hair. I just listened. Eventually, she was bawling her eyes out and I just held her. Then she wiped her tears, pulled herself together and said, Okay, your turn. 
It was the first time I'd ever been completely honest with a client about how horrible I was feeling. It was such an honest and real moment. And we each walked out of that appointment feeling lighter and like somebody cared. Had either of us pretended to be okay that day, we would have missed out on the chance to put our bags down. And the weight was getting really heavy. Of course, we got even closer when I did her wedding. And years later, she's still an Instagram friend and regular listener of the show. Hey, woman, I know you're listening right now. Not too long ago, as I was scrolling through my DMs at three o'clock in the morning, I saw a message from her pop up. Jaina, I need someone to talk to. I said, call me right now. She was struggling in her marriage, sitting on the floor of her bathroom, having a little meltdown and feeling overwhelmed. So I laid down on the floor in my home in solidarity and we talked for over an hour. She knew that together we'd created a space where we could share our feelings without being judged. She knew that I wasn't going to fill her full of positive promises or telling her to look on the bright side. I was just going to listen and let her feelings be validated. We've all had those situations, right, where we are in the middle of going through something horrible and you tell somebody about it and they go, yeah, but other people have it so much worse. But that doesn't make what you're going through feel any better. For example, imagine you stubbed your toe, right? And you're sitting there like, oh, shit, ouch. You grab your foot and you're kind of hopping around and then someone says, you know, you're lucky you even have toes. There are some people who don't even have legs. Oh, well, now I feel better. Thank you. The throbbing has now magically gone away. (gasps) That's not how it goes. Just let the person say how they're feeling and sit with them. I'm notorious for trying to fix things for people because I really hate thinking that anyone's uncomfortable and not. And it makes me feel uncomfortable too. So when someone tells me they're struggling, a classic Jaina move was to remind them to focus on their blessings. Focus on the blessings and the lessons. That was always my line. Now, I realize that someone who's going through it doesn't want you to fix it. They just want you to sit with them. That's it. They just want you to hold their hand, maybe hand them a tissue, give them a moment to feel how they're feeling. And sometimes that's the best thing we can do for someone. According to many researchers, strong social relationships are the most important contributor to enduring happiness for most people. Those who are the happiest generally devote a great amount of time to their family, friends, and colleagues. So isolating yourself when you're not feeling happy is basically the worst thing that you could do. That's why it's important to reach out. And here's an interesting fact. In one large study from the Brookings Institute, scientists found that happiness was highest for 18 to 21 year olds, which makes sense when you take into consideration the high metabolism, perky boobs, lots of free time, endless opportunities, and barely any expectations put onto you at the time. But then happiness levels dropped steadily until about the age of 40. Great. Happy 40th birthday to me. So I guess the meltdown that I had last week wasn't that uncommon after all. It says that past middle age, the pattern began to reverse, gradually climbing back up to its highest point at age 98. So if you're 40 right now and feeling miserable, just wait 58 years and you'll be happy like you were when you were 18 again. In other words, we have a lot of time to feel unhappy between now and when we get older. Happiness is U-shaped. It declines and bottoms out in your 40s and starts to slowly inch its way up in its 50s again. So 
you know what? We got to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable because life is not always easy. And it's important to feel like you can reach out to the people around you. I'm going to get off my soapbox. And first, I want to give you a list of ways that you can tell if you are subscribing to toxic positivity. Are you ready? Are you ready? We're going to go through this checklist together. One, you hide how you really feel emotionally. Two, you dismiss feelings that aren't positive. Three, you feel shame when you have negative emotions. Four, you focus on the positive aspects of a painful situation. Like, you know, if somebody passes away and then you say, well, they're in a better place now. That doesn't change how the person needs to mourn. (laughs) Next, You refuse to let anyone see you unhappy, only revealing the upbeat version of yourself. I'm definitely guilty of that one. You are easily irritated by those who struggle to be positive. You shame others for showing vulnerabilities. You have a just get on with it attitude. Or you struggle to quit projects or relationships when their time is up. And lastly, you say phrases such as, it could be worse, you know. Like when someone stubs their toe. (laughs) Anyways, the moral of the story for this week is fuck trying to look happy. Fuck trying to look successful. Fuck trying to look like you have everything put together. Because guess what? You can be a happy, successful, well put together person and still be having a bad day, week or month. So for shit's sake, just let yourself cry. That's it. That right there is exactly as far as I got today with the writing and recording of this episode before I had to stop to leave to glam a couple of brides. So while I was driving home, I was asking myself, how am I going to close off this episode? Like, what's the moral of the story? Because I could take this in so many directions and this message means so much to me. I got in the door, said hi to my dog, sat down on the couch with my laptop, took a deep breath and thought, okay, this is it. What am I going to (laughs) say? And I'm telling you, sometimes these episodes write themselves. Just as I put my hands to the keyboard, I got an unexpected text message from my next door neighbor. (sighs) She's a wonderful human who lives directly next door to me and she lives alone like I do with her dog. And she said, So I listened to your last podcast episode and I had this vision of us having the same breakdown on either side of our shared wall. And for some reason, it made me laugh because we could just literally knock on each other's door and find someone who gets it. I've also told my dog that he is all I have. And this is a really good reminder that we all have our lonely moments, but we're actually not alone. (sighs) That's it. That's the moral of the story right there. That's all I have to say. It was such a good reminder for me too, because I try to be such a tough guy. But after making this episode, I'm going to have to be better at reaching out because the people closest to us can't help if they don't know that we're struggling And there might be someone going through exactly what you are just on the other side of the wall. You don't have to pretend to be happy. That being said, if you ever need someone to talk to, you can always hit me up in my DMs. I really do answer everyone. And if for some reason I don't answer you, it might be because your message went to that weird request folder that I never really check. So pop me an email, send me a text message. Don't give up because I'm here for you. Thank you for pressing play this week. 
If you know someone who could benefit from hearing this message, could you pretty please share this episode with them? I hear every time you do, someone who's sad doesn't have to cry alone. (laughs) Now please, go be your moody, grumpy, sad, disappointed, frustrated, whatever version of you that you need to be right now. Then dust off your crown, put it back on, and go spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go.